Surprise, surprise, good evening. I am Dr. Renee, the assistant pastor of Empowerment of Faith, Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. I am so elated to be able to share the word of Elohim with you on today. I'm gonna to be talking about the kingdom mindset of a woman, wife, and mother. Dr. Larry and I, we've been teaching a series, Fight for the Fathers, and you know, it has been a tremendous blessing. And I just wanted to put another touch on it before we continue this series. And on tonight, I know that you are going to be blessed by the word, so let me get right into it. So for you, for those who are already watching, for those who've been watching us, you already know that we deal heavily in the Hebrew language the language that Elohim spoke. So here we want to talk about the name that Elohim gave the woman. Okay, so we have here in Bereshit or Genesis 2 and 20, but for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable. So we know that this was a very uh, bad translation, but when we look at it, we can clearly see in the Hebrew language, but for Adam, what? Adam, uh, but for Adam, lo matzah ezer negad. So many of you, you've been hearing us say matzah ezer negad. I just wanna do a quick review, exactly what are we talking about when we are talking about matzah ezer negad. Okay, so let's look at this, matzah ezer negad, matzah. It means to be found. So when we see in this particular scripture that I just mentioned, matzah, uh, it says she was not found. Well, actually it means to be found. So that was a bad translation. So the name reveals the purpose, vision, and function and role play. We're gonna find all of that out in the word matzah, ezer, negad. Okay, and then ezer, Looking at Ezer, Ezer means to assist. Ezer means to serve what is needed. Everything that the hub, husband needs to fulfill his vision is in his wife. The wives help birth vision with no competition. This is very important. Before we get into Ezer, I do want to say that with matzah, if you will remember matzah, it's actually telling you that you have a strong desire. She has a strong desire, a strong pull, a strong desire for righteousness. Now, most women, they have a strong desire or strong pull towards righteousness. That's why women are normally attracted to men who are anointed, men who are full of a purpose, men who are full of vision. Why? Because it's in our, it's in our makeup and it's in our name. Okay, so let's, looking, uh, let's look back at Ezer once again. Ezer means to what? To assist, uh, to serve what's needed. So what I was just saying was everything that the husband need, that is in his wife without any type of competition. Everything that he needs to fulfill the vision that the father has given him, it is in his wife and she is well able to assist him. All right, so without competition, remember that. And then we have negad. Negad, it means to be boldly 
facing front of. Negad is the one who's going to communicate. Now we know that women, we are uh, very good at communicating. We've been blessed with the gift of gab, most of us. You know, I know I didn't realize how much I talked until my voice was taken away. And I was like, wait a minute, do, do, do I really talk that much? And then my husband's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Negad, she's the one who repeats. What is she repeating? She is repeating the vision of the man of Elohim. She's the one who's going to prophesy the vision that was already given to him. So we know that this worldly system has trained women to think that there are two visions. Well, you know, your husband, he may have a vision, but the father, he may have given you another vision. No, that's absolutely wrong. We are created so, so, so that we can support the vision of our man of Elohim as he continually get in the face of Elohim and the father speak to his heart and speak to his mind and show him what to do then we are as wives to uh, support what the father's already given him okay so actually a woman's gifts and talents are cultivated and honed so that we could better administer or support the vision that Elohim gave the man. Now, some people, they have a problem with it, but you know, if we have, if you have a problem with it, just go back to the manufacturer. What is the word telling us? What should we do? Should I continually um, go by what I've been hearing others say, others teach, even famous uh, preachers, what they're saying that now you got a vision in you. Well, your vision is to help fulfill the vision that the Father has give, given this man of Elohim. All right, so, well, suppose uh, you're not married. Suppose you are single and you're wondering, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to continually cultivate the gifts that the Father has given you until you meet your Ish, until you meet your man of Elohim. It feels like my eyes running a little bit. Okay, so now we just said uh, Matzah, that's the one who's the strong supporter of righteousness. She has a desire to be connected to righteousness. And then we said Ezer. Ezer is the one who uh, helps to accomplish the task, the one who assists. You have the ability to assist with whatever is needed. Whatever is needed, it's on the inside of you. So many times um, when women, when they begin to, um, let, let's just talk about as a wife, when you're connected with uh, your man of Elohim, or some say man of God, when you're connected with your husband, you're wondering, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to upgird him. We're supposed to support him. We're supposed to um, not only uh, support him, but bless him by being there, not just physically, but spiritually by being there, by being everything that he needs us to be. That's our, that's how, I mean, that's who we are and that's what we should do. That's what we should do. We should be that supportive role. 
All right, so let me just settle down. I'm just, I'm just excited. I have a lot that I want to share on tonight, but uh, it's almost like putting it all in a bottle and then the bottle is just exploding. So I, I'm just excited to be able to share this word about Ezer. Now let's look at Negad. Negad, it is spelled uh, Noon Gimel, and then it's spelled Dalet. So Negad is the one who is in front facing and also that communicator that we were talking about. You're to be in, in your husband's face, com uh, not competing with him, but complimenting him. All right, so she's the one who lifts him up. She's the one who blesses him. Negat means to be bountifully blessed. But also, um, when we're dealing with, um, no, excuse me, Gimel means to be bountifully blessed, to lift up. The only thing about Gimel that we need to be mindful of, because we just said that Negat is spelled Noon, Gimel, and then Dalit. So when we're looking at this entire word, we know that noon is dealing with the life and activity. But gimel, it means to lift up or to be bountifully blessed. And this is who we are when we're walking in our, when our purpose and our role, we're to be uh, the one who's blessing our husbands, who's lifting him up. All right. And then also Dalet is dealing with access. Access to what? The kingdom teachings of the word of Elohim. So what I was getting ready to say about uh, Gimel, Gimel, when we lift up our husband, we need to make sure that we're doing it in the proper manner because if we lift, it, lift him up in the flesh, we're lifting him up in a prideful way. We don't want to do that. So we don't want to be prideful, but we want to lift him up and be bountifully blessed. Okay, so Negad, um, in, front, in front of, facing, she is the communicator. You're the one who's the relationship builder. This is why we're the ones who, oh, oh do you want to go? Do you want to go this place? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Normally, it's the role of the wife who uh, deals with that relationship and then builds that relationship up. Remember we said the one who brings the life, who brings the activity? Well, you are operating in your role when you do that. Okay, so now let's look at the assignment of a woman. The assignment of the woman, number one, is to assist the man to complete his vision from Elohim. And as we just mentioned that in Bereshit, um, Genesis 2 and 20, when Elohim gave the woman the name Matzah Ezer Negad, he was actually naming and giving her and revealing her purpose and showing her her role play through that name. She's the one who was a supporter of righteousness, Matzah Ezer. She's the one who's to assist. She's the, and then uh, Negad, she's the one who's to communicate. She's the one who's to lift up her husband. She's the one who's to uh, show his, her husband that he is the one who is bountifully blessed. Okay, why? Because she's speaking the word of Elohim to him and prophesying back the vision that the father has already given him. 
All right, so this is a review for those who have been watching. So you know that uh, we're gonna say it and we're just gonna keep saying it until it's all the way in, until it just come all the way out. All right, and then also I want you to look at Titus or Titus 2 th and 3 through 5. I wanna get that quickly. Titus 2, 3 through 5. The word of Elohim reads, likewise teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to subject to their husbands so that, so that no one will malign the word of Elohim. This is very important. The word is giving us specific instructions of what we should do, how we should carry ourselves, what my posture should be. I'm not only um, showing reverence because I don't want the word of Elohim to be embarrassed by my behavior. Not only am I doing that, but I'm, I'm being an example to my children. I'm showing them exactly not only i'm telling them but i'm showing them by pre, uh, precepts and principles and i'm living that out before them so it also is telling us the word is telling us to be self-controlled and pure and to be busy at home well undoubtedly uh, the father already knew there was going to be a lot of things that we could get into right but the word is telling us and it shows us that we have to have um, rules, self-imposed rules, which is the word of Elohim, to help us be self-controlled, not all over the place. It says to be busy at home, not at his house or someone else's house, but being busy at home. And there is definitely a lot to do at home. All right, so let's go back to the scripture that I was just talking about. Okay, so in uh, Titus 3 and 5, Looking at once again, and to be kind and to be subject to their, another translation says, subject to their own husbands. This is very important because sometimes as women, sometimes women will give other people or other men more credit than they do their own husbands. Now, who's really doing that and think they're going to get away with it? <laughs> no, that's not going to work. We have to make sure that we are subject to our own husbands. I know that my husband, Dr. Larry, I know that he's a man of Elohim. I know that he walks in integrity. I know that he loves the father with all of his heart. And so when he gives me instructions and and have me to do different things and make different adjustments. I make these adjustments because I know that he knows how to hear. So uh, if, if your husband is in tune with the father and you know, you, you know that he is in tune with the father and he's doing the ways of the word and he's in the word and he loves Elohim. Listen, Make sure that you are reverencing your husband. Make sure that you are uh, giving credit where credit is due because many times we will go accolades to other people 
and then we'll forget the very person that we live with. And that couldn't be so. Somebody say, say it ain't so. It could not be so. I, I know we're not doing that. I know we're not cutting up like that. I know that we are blessing our husbands with the fruit of our lips and uh, giving him the uh, credit that is due. Okay, so let's go back. Looking at the assignment of a woman. Okay, so number two, uh, this is a review. She's to receive the seed, the vision, work and multiply it and bring it forth. Isn't it amazing that we can receive that seed? You know, our husbands, they give us the seed and then we give them so much more back. I, I am, I am excited about that because the father is in the multiplication business. And so whatever you're given, whatever task you're given or assignment or whatever it is that your husband is asking you to do, it should always turn out better. It should never be minimum. It should be magnificent. It should be wonderful. It should be a pure demonstration of the power of Elohim working in you. You know, my husband, he'll give me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm honored to say that um, we have a garden of our own and uh, it's a blessing, you know, um, it, it, it's some work <laughs> um, I, and I love going out to sowing our seeds in our garden. My husband sometimes asks, well, I mean, you going, are you going to leave anything for me? You know, he, 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 he's the one who does the real work with all of the uh, plowing and all of that. And I get to sow my seed. But what about when the harvest comes? Oh my goodness. So he'll give me the seed and I'll plant it. And we're thanking the father that he's the one who make it grow. See, that's just how it is in, in the natural as well. So we're to receive that seed, that vision, and we're to work it, multiply it and help it give birth and bring it forth. Okay, so we're talking about the kingdom mindset of a woman, a kingdom mindset of a wife, a king, the kingdom mindset of a mother. So let's look at Mishli 31. We have heard so much about the Proverbs 31 woman. Who is this Proverbs 31 woman? You know, I, I want us to take a look at something, but uh, in fact, let me go to it as my ministry tech. He's getting that and I'm going to pull that up as well. The Proverbs 31 woman, Mishli 31. Do you have it? There's something that we have been overlooking, I, I believe. I, I really haven't heard anyone teach uh, concerning this. It says the sayings of King Lemuel and inspired utterance, his an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Do you have it? You don't have it yet. Okay, well, I'll wait for you to get it. Proverbs 31. And while he's getting that, I want to say that um, we've heard so many things. Oh, I want me a Proverbs 31 woman wife and, and this and that. Now, she was bad now. Oh, yeah, she, she had it going on. Minister Jack, let me know when you have it. Proverbs 31. Mishly 31. Do you have it? 
If you don't, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Um, and what I want to point out is this. In Mishli 31 and 1, it says, The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Wait a minute. Who taught him? His mother taught him. Who taught him? His mother taught him. Who taught her? See, his mother was teaching him the ways of Elohim and showing him what he should look for in what we have always called the Proverbs 31 woman. It was his mother. And then she go on. Do you have it? Okay. In verse two, listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Verse three, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. Who was talking to this man about what we call the Proverbs 31? It was his mother. The mother was giving him instruction. So she was right in line. So let's go back to where it says, don't overlook where these instructions came from in Mishli uh, 31. These instructions were from the king's mother and what he should be looking for in a woman, in a wife, in a mother. So this falls right in line in Mishli 1 and 8. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instructions. And I have it right here. And do not forsake your mother's teachings. This is very important. So his mother was giving him instructions. And the next point, which is point number one, the mother is responsible for teaching her children the Torah. Okay, so some people, they get a little nervous when we say Torah. So this Hebrew word, uh, we know that um, often we say that it's the leader that was nailed to the cross because of the, the symbolism and what, it, which e what each letter word means. Here, Torah, um, we, we have the breakdown of Torah, but when we're looking at the entire word, this word Torah is revealing the covenant that is in heaven on earth and it is fastened or established in that person's mind. All right, so how do we get all of that? Just enrolled in the Hebrew keys revelation. Uh, we're just looking at the word. We have Tav uh, reading from um, right to left. We have the Hebrew alphabet. We have Tav. Then we have Yud, Resh, and then Hey. So this is what this word is telling us. So bringing it all the way back around, the mother is responsible for teaching her children. So in Mishle 31, his mom was teaching him. He was she was teaching him the ways of life and she was teaching him what the word says. Now, I want you to skip down just a little bit. Uh, verse nine, which is it's already up in the PowerPoint. Um, when you get it, let me know. Verse nine. All right. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now, 
they, this word they, what is it referring to? Well, it's actually talking about the instructions from the father and the teachings from the mother. So let's look at that when we put all of it together. So the instructions from the father, which is based on kingdom concepts and the teachings from the mother, which is still dealing with the covenant of the kingdom, right? They are to garland. They are a garland to grace your head. So we know that grace is the ability for you to do this thing, right? The father gives you that power and the ability to do this. So it's a grace your head to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now, when I was looking at this word neck, I thought, okay, neck, neck. We, we really, I, I like to put it in language that we speak because we don't usually say, uh, well, we're going to put, how, how can you put um, instructions and teachings and a chain to adorn your neck? <laughs> One of my sons is very little. Is it a chain? No, it's not a real chain. <laughs> but what is it saying when you uh, adorn your neck? How are you adorning your neck? So when we look at this, let me see, do I have it? I thought I put it on here, but I guess I did not. But when we're looking at the um, Hebrew Olivets for the word neck, here we have gimel, resh, gimel, resh, tav, and then yud. I was thinking, wow, okay, gimel. We know that gimel means to lift up. And then resh is talking about um, the resh. It symbolizes the head, but it's actually talking about the intent or the mindset. And it, it, of course, resh also means a ruler or um, priest, a high person, chief, things of that nature. But in this text right here, so let's look at it again. Gimel resh, gimel resh. So it's telling me to lift up. Lift up my mindset, lift up. Here it is, it's saying it again. Lift up my mindset, lift up my mindset. How am I gonna lift up the mindset? The next Hebrew letter word is Tav. I'm lifting up my mindset by focusing on the covenant and the power and authority that's in that covenant. Now this, this blessed me when I was, I was like, okay, so this is how I'm adorning my neck. See, we need a checkup from the neck up. Come on. We need, a, we, need, <laughs> we need to check ourselves. Somebody say, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> but anyway, so this checkup is telling me that I am to lift up. What am I lifting up? I'm lifting up the way that I'm thinking. How am I lifting up the way that I'm thinking through the power and authority of the word or the covenant of the word? Now that's some good news right there. So this is what uh, the mindset of a mother should be. This is what a mindset, I'm talking about a kingdom ambassador. So I'm not, um, here it is. The point is, here it is. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. You got me sound tech. 
the wife, the woman, mother is to lift up the mindset, lift up the way of thinking. How does she do this? Through the power of the covenant of the word. So she's not trying to do what? She's not trying to lift up her booty. <laughs> she's not trying to lift up her breast. See, the world, I know I, know I caught you totally off guard, but it's going to be okay. I, I did say booty. We're trying to lift up the way that we think, because if I see myself a certain way, then that's how I'm going to carry myself. See, the reason why I'm attracting certain spirits, because that's how I see myself. But when I see myself as a woman of righteousness, when I see myself as a woman of Elohim who, um, uh, desires righteousness, desires the anointing. And when I know who I am and I know that it's my role and my place to be in the face of my husband, to assist whatever he needs in his vision, um, the vision that the father has given him. And when I know that I'm supposed to teach my children the ways of Elohim, then I'm good. Then uh, I'm teaching and I'm in, I'm, I'm walking in the role that I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. As a matter of fact, just as Yeshua say, didn't you know that I was going to be about my father's business? That's when his uh, mother and his brothers were looking for him. He was like, what? Didn't you know? See, I'm so focused in doing what I was doing, I, I didn't even have a chance to get offended or I didn't even notice that you, you didn't speak to me. See, that's childish stuff. When we mature, we move on to other things and we don't even, we don't even have time for the other stuff. Okay. So when we speak of the woman in Mishli or Proverbs 31 woman, we're actually speaking of a man who was taught by his mother what to look for in a woman, a wife, a mother. So you must qualify. And what are we talking about? The, this Proverbs 31 woman, and we're going to look, look at it. I'm, I'm so used to saying Proverbs 31, but I, I, I have to change my mind and the way I do things. It's Mishli 31. Uh, uh, we have to, let's look at this. Um, she, her attitude was an attitude of humility. She made something out of nothing. And we're getting ready to go to Mishli 31 in just a moment. But I just want to bring out some of the, the points. Number two, she was the one who was working in the ministry. She was doing something. She was busy doing what she was supposed to do. Okay, so let's go ahead and look at it in, in Mishli 31. And let me know when you get it. We were already there. So we're going to begin at verse 10. So it's talking about uh, this wife of noble character. It says in verse 10, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is far worth. She is worth far more than rubies. Okay, this is important because at one particular time, women were considered property. <laughs> so if you don't know your worth, 
how can you expect someone to tell you what you're worth? You have to know what you're worth. You are worth far more than rubies, according to the word of Elohim. And then it says in 11, we're just going to go through a few of these things because we have to change our mindset. How do I change my mindset? By renewing my mind with the word. So I am what the word says that I am. All right. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. This is good. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. So this is her mode of operation every day of her life because she's in the face of Elohim, because she's wanting to support him, support the vision. And uh, she's able to see when there is nothing to see. Somebody need to hear this because sometimes in the beginning stages, it, it looks like this, but you have to see the end from the very beginning. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. Okay. She selects wool and flax, verse 13, and works with eager hands. She selects wool and flax and works eager with, with eager hands. This is important. In other words, she's not eating the bread of idleness. She is eagerly working. Do you have it? Okay. He said, just, just keep on going. I'm sorry. I'm in uh Michele 31 and I'm reading verse 13 and I'm getting ready to go verse 14. Do you have it? Okay. Thank you. Now, verse 14, she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar and you can just keep it up right there and I'm, I'm going to keep talking. So when we're dealing with this merchant ship, a merchant ship has merchandise that's valuable. You need to know that what you possess on the inside of you is more valuable with that than what's on the outside. Your inner beauty and everything that the father has deposited inside of you is far greater. So you have uh, the merchandise within you and you're bringing it. Look, it says bringing her food from afar. Verse 15. Now, verse 15 really made me laugh. It says she gets up while it is still night. I thought, well, that that may be the only time she has peace and quiet. <laughs> oh, that was funny to me. OK, insider It's good. It's good. If you if you I don't know, but there is a lot of activity in the house. And, uh, you know, many people are doing many things, but sometimes it's in the wee, wee hours that you can just break away, steal away. Many times I study two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Why? Because not, there is nothing required of me. <laughs> I'm able to do what I need to do. I can get before his uh, face. I can hear from the father and just hear what he has to say. Uh, yeah. So uh, she gets up while it is still night. And then it says uh, she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. So her mindset is not just focused on herself, but it says she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. This is telling me that she has the ability to manage. 
She has the ability to uh, delegate. And remember, whenever you delegate, the person that you're delegating to must be able to handle the weight. Many times we will get into things, we'll be, be able, I mean, begin to delegate different things to different people, but we must know that the person who is receiving it is able and well-equipped to do that assigned task to the very end, just as if I was doing it. All right. Now, verse 16 in Mishli 31, verse 16, yes, thank you. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. This is good. Out of her earnings, so she knows about a P&L, profit and loss statements. Come on, people. She knows about uh, how to profit something. She knows about revenue and expenses, and she knows about net income and, and, and gross profit and all of that. Why? Because she knows how to go in and out of the gate. It's going to talk about that later on also, about her how her husband is known in the gates. Why? Because of her. She's, she takes care of him very well. All right. So uh, we're just taking a look, a look at this. And I, I just want to stop at verse. Let me look. Uh, let's look at verse 17, 31 and 17. And then 18. And then I'll go back. Verse 17. Let me know when you get it. Okay. She sets about her work vigorously and her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go at night, go out at night. I must say that the mindset of a woman, a wife, a mother, it says that her lamp does not go out at night. In other words, she is who she is because she's a woman who walks in integrity. She's a woman of character. And when she walks in integrity, she walks in integrity even when no one is looking. Yeah. So many things, many things are done in the dark, but it says that her lamp does not go out at night. So this is the mindset. We are saying that we want a Proverbs 31 or a Mishli 31 woman, but we must qualify. What are the qualifiers? So I went over some of those and now I'm back to uh, looking at the qualifiers. We said, number one, the attitude of humility. Do you see that? Okay. <laughs> she made something out of nothing. Number two, she was working, working in the field, working in the ministry, doing what she was supposed to do. Number three, she knew her boundaries and her limitations. Number four, she listened and followed instructions. Number five, she knew how to manage herself and time. Number six, she knew how to work with others peaceably. I didn't see anything about uh, her maidservants cursing her out or anything like that. They probably would have gotten fire, fired. Number seven, she's, she knows how to submit to a mentor. Well-developed 
by someone. Somebody had to have taken time. Let me take my time to deal with this. Someone had to have taken time with her in order for her to be this skillful and this um, uh, a woman of value, a woman who was just full of purpose and vision. Someone had to have done that. All right. And then number eight, she knew how to possess her vessel and kept her well covered. What are we talking about here? We're talking about she was still she was chased. She knew how to carry herself. It said that her lamp did not go out at night. So in other words, um, she knew that she who she who she was and that she was a woman of righteousness, a holy woman. We for some reason. We don't hear that word like we used to. Holiness. Holiness is still right. <laughs> holiness is still. In fact, the word Elohim says without holiness, no one will see Yahweh. So we are just just thinking about the mindset. What should my mindset be? I'm I'm, I'm thinking about the ways of Elohim. How can I be a blessing? Uh, to my husband? How can I be a blessing to my children? If I'm not married, how can I be a blessing to the ministry that I'm connected with? Make sure that you are connected and you are spending um, those gifts and talents, not just in the secular world, you're all consumed with that, but you are consumed with the word of Elohim. All right. Number nine, it says she was not a gold digger. <laughs> okay, how do we know that? Because she had she she was she had what was profitable. She knew how to make a profit, and then through that profit, she invested. Man, she qualified. She qualified. She was an investor. All right. Number ten, she did not fall for the bait of temptation because her focus was intact. So the mindset of a kingdom woman, wife, and a mother, I'm just getting started because I wanted to just share with you, um, the father put in me, um, just, just brought something back up concerning Ruth. Now we know the story of Ruth and we know how uh, in the beginning that there was a famine. We, we know about that. We know that um, Naomi, uh, she had two sons. She had a husband. The husband died and her two sons died. I won't be able to get into this on tonight, but I do want to share a few things concerning Ruth. Okay, so, and we also know that Naomi was in a point of her life that she was really upset. She felt like the father hand was against her. Yes, we are still talking about the mindset of a woman, a wife, a mother, because she was all of those things. Although she became a widow and al although her two sons, the, the children that she had, although they died, she was all of this. So what was her mindset? Her mindset was at this particular time, it was in a place of despair. It was in a place of hopelessness. See, I, I, I would, it would uh, behoove me to think that everybody 
is it's always hunkadory with everybody and it's all hallelujah praise the lord all the time see that's what we want that's the goal and that's what we want but then there are times and seasons and uh naomi at this particular season that she was in that she was stepping in it says in ruth 1 22, so naomi returned from moab you see that it's on the bottom accompanied by her daughter-in-law ruth the young moabite woman do you have it okay let me start over so in ruth 1 and 22 so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman, and they arrived in Bethlehem in the late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, I've read this scripture, I don't know how many times, but because the father has, you know, begin to show us different things, I said, wait a minute, the barley harvest, Wait a minute. Now, for some people, that's not significant. But I came to a screeching halt when I saw barley because I know that barley, Yeshua is a type of barley. He was able to stand the heat, the drought and the pressure. I'm still talking about the mindset of a woman, a wife, a mother. So Yeshua, so it, it's telling me here that Naomi, she, when she returned from Moab, she arrived in Bethlehem in the late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. I said, Yeshua, come on and preach your word today. Thank you. I'm, I, look, my excited was getting excited. Okay, why? Because I know that he was setting her up. See, sometimes when life will throw you a curve that you're not expecting and you are looking at what's going on in the natural, you just need to try to figure out, now what time is this, Father? I don't need to be on my time. I need to step in your time so that I can be what? On time. <laughs> I'm okay. So let's just look at this barley. It says barley, Yeshua was a type of barley. He could stand the heat and the pressure. Now let's look at this. Barley is the first crop of the yearly harvest cycle and ripens in the spring. In fact, the month of the Hebrew year Abib, which is known as the green ears, has direct reference to the ripening of the barley in that month. On the first day of that month, the priest would inspect the sheep of the barley to see if it had eared out yet. If so, it was announced to all the people that the Passover would be observed in Jerusalem two weeks later. If the barley grain was still closed with the grain covered by the husk, the priest would announce that they would have to wait another month. Okay, we're not going to deal with that part, but we're going to deal with, although Naomi stepped in with it seemed like a hopeless situation, and it looked like she was out of time. She stepped into Elohim's timing and it was around the time of Passover. See, our prayer should be, Father, let me 
see what you see. I know that I should not focus on the problem, but I should focus on the answer. I know that I am in this process of time, but I know, Father, that you're the one who stepped in time for us. <laughs> and it's your timing because sometimes, you know, I've always, I've heard elderly people say, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. I said, who wants that? <laughs> that was me. I think I've always been a little, little, little rebellious. I said, what kind of God is that? No, I need him when I need him. No, we have to learn how to wait. We have to learn how to trust him. When we, when we can't see him, we still have to learn how to trust him. When we can't see a way out of no way. We're talking about the mindset, the kingdom mindset of a wife, a mother, a woman. We have to, we have to be able to see that. And then, and then, um, you, okay, well, even if you're a man of Elohim, we still have to be able to see that Elohim's timing is perfect. So even if there, there are things that are going on in your life that you don't quite understand, trust the process, but focus on the promise. Trust the process. I mean, it, it may not feel good, but it's good. All things work together for the good who are what? Called according to what his purpose all things all things who all things work together for the good who loves elohim and who are called according to his purpose so naomi she was getting ready to step into her promise she was getting ready to step into her promise so i want us in right there and i just want to say no matter what you are facing right now Know that there's a time for everything and there's a season for everything. I want to invite you to the kingdom. I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know um, what, you know, what, what's going on, whether it's good, bad or whatever, but the word of El Elohim tells us that we must repent. We must change the way that we think. So I want to invite you to the kingdom. We'd love to hear from you. There, there's going to be some information that's shared with you a little bit later, just as I finish, so that you'll know how to contact us so that we can pray with you. Be blessed. And remember, you must have a kingdom mindset. Shalom to you.